salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I entitled this episode, Augmenting Reality, Conquering a Nation, and Going Forward Green. Why? Well, Elon Musk literally talked about hooking your brain up to a machine this week. I think that's pretty important. Uh, we also had Antifa terrorists attack an ICE facility, you know, trying to sh- throw Molotov cocktails and blow it up, saying they want to liberate the migrants there. <laughs> as well as uh, Army Corps engineers admitting to dumping toxic water in Florida's public drinking water system. Uh, we also have thousands of people talking about storming Area 51, like they're going to do something, running into it like they're Naruto. We're going to be talking about this and more in this edition. We have a lot of different things to discuss. Uh, Silicon Valley, the surveillance of social media, the destabilization that's taking place within the country, you know, the idea of selling us free energy, predatory green capitalism, and so much more. Guys and girls, the times that we're moving forward into are becoming increasingly crazy, let me tell you. Uh, But before we do, before we actually get this episode started... Stop what you're doing. Go and download the show notes. Follow along. Some people are telling me that it really does help them and they're very appreciative for the notes that we're doing. Go to our episode article, download the show notes in a PDF format, and follow along with what we're doing. Also, we did a mini cast earlier this week, our fear-based reality, our fear-based reality, uh, automating reality, and end times revelations. You guys can find that information in the description bar below. Also, we will be having Fellowship and Freedom every Sunday from here on out. I hope you guys are fired up for that. I know I am. I know I am. Last thing, it's the 50th anniversary. By the time you guys are listening to this, it will be the 50th anniversary of the uh, landing on the moon landing. Whether or not we did it, that's up for debate. But what I do know is that you can get 30% off of our Space Sports t-shirt using promo code NINER. That's N-I-N-E-R. 30% off for our Space Force t-shirt. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 903, season 9, episode 3. We have a lot of different things to talk to you guys about. Uh, Antifa trying to blow up ICE facilities, Elon Musk's neural interface, the, 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 the neural link, the brain to machine interface, and so much more. Uh, there are so many different things happening right now, I think people can truly see that we're in the eye of the storm. Uh, you know, I was trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out what is a clever way to intro these shows to set the tone uh, for a lot of the things that are going on in the, in the, in the days, the times uh, that we find ourselves, and the times we're going to be finding ourselves in. You know, people want to find. People want to be woke. They want to. They want to know what's going to happen next. Read the Bible, because I'm telling you, that's why they took it out of schools. Uh, that's why you see China literally over here contesting with Christians, is because they have the playbook. They know what's going to happen next. Uh, but that's why they had to get rid of it so that you wouldn't contest it, so that you wouldn't fight it, so that you wouldn't take the time to read how the story ends, to figure out what is required of you to get through certain things. You know, I'm, 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 I think it's crazy because of the quality and the depths of conversation that I'm having with people off air, uh, from having conversations with Border Patrol to having conversations with vets, active duty, uh, to, to, to you name it. Uh, to 
everyday people who get what's going on to uh, uh, businessmen, to, to, to retirees. People understand what's going on. Uh, and what's crazier, too, is the fact that there are not a lot of people within our generation who are aware of these types of things. And I say that because we have an epidemic of wokeness, and I, I, I'm, I'm quickly learning that that's the type of stuff that's going to shoot us in the foot. You know, Elon Musk, as I said before, he, he debuted his Neuralink uh, product, basically the Matrix, where he hooks your brain up to the computer. We'll get, about, we'll get into that here shortly. Uh, but think about how easily everybody has been whipped into a frenzy with the LGBTQP agenda, uh, the movement there. Uh, how how many people jumped on board with the Russian collusion story? Uh, how many people are, are, are still purposely misguided due to misinformation who are being deceived? Like all of the stuff that we're talking about and that we will talk about is based in deception. And because the, delu- because the delusion is so strong and people literally do not have the mental fortitude or the willpower to recognize uh, the deception, they don't have discernment, they're falling prey to it. I'm telling you. And it's only going to intensify. And I, feel, I find that more disturbing than anything. Uh, the intensification of evil. As I've said before, it is evolving and righteousness must rise to quell it. The only reason all this stuff is going down is because there's not a lot of people out here trying to stand up for something decent, wholesome, and good. Uh, this, is, this, this is... I need to say this stuff and get started with the show. This is why you guys see me uh, with each episode increasing the content... Uh, yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I'm trying to make sure what I'm saying really hits home, really gets to the the, the, the the deepest parts of you, so you understand what's happening and why we have to change. I I I, I always thought that somebody else was going to come along that some that it's, we can't we have got to change our mentality towards a lot of different things. Uh, you know, the collective consciousness, the zombies, they're coming. The the machines, they're coming. The automatons, they're coming. The useful idiots, they're here. You've got to understand the times that we're in and why it's important for us to to, to strengthen ourselves is the is, is the best way I can describe it. Uh, to to uh, Christians will tell you to put on the full armor of God because it's a very real thing. Uh, you know we're 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 learning so many different things because of the threat that we're under that it's good. And I speak about this all the time. Uh, the intentional radicalization process uh, that people are undergoing right now and how they're purposely being whipped into this frenzy that's a very real thing but on the on the on the offside on the opposite side of this right there are people who are experiencing this this type of radicalization this threat this assault and they're developing muscles and developing uh the intuition the wherewithal the resources the abilities to deal with the threat and that's all that's happening you're seeing a a splitting a separation a filtration take place People who are willingly becoming deceived versus those who are trying to pull away from it. And that's all we're trying to do here, my friends, is point out all the chaos that we see happening and why it is imperative that people like ourselves come up with solutions. Because, trust me, this conversation is being had behind closed doors and these days in public. It just needs to be had more often. If we want that pro-human future, we have to start building things today because I'm telling you, with Elon Musk, with Elon Musk saying all the stuff he's saying in a very cryptic way, dude is beyond a high-level magician. <laughs> That's the best best way I could say it. 
dude is beyond a high level magician. Uh, we're, we're talking psyops. We're talking so many different things and more. But I think that's a good place uh, for us to start the show. And with that being said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition of Factions of Freedom. So we have had a whole lot of different things happen in a short amount of time, right? Uh, we, we finished off last week. I told you guys that, that Donald Trump was having a social media summit, right? I called it milk toast because it was. Uh, I even asked the question of what people thought about uh, the social media summit. And you guys can go look at it. There were not a lot of responses because, because people knew that a lot of it was just for show. Now, fast forward to this week, right? And I'll get into uh, uh, more Instagram news and stuff like that here shortly. Uh, fast forward to here to this week, Instagram is conducting a test where they remove the like count. Uh, they're removing the like count from posts as part of a trial which starts in Australia today. The change means that Instagram users down under won't be able to see how many likes other people's photos get. Now, that's just, that, that's last week. We'll get into Elon Musk, the thought control, uh, the, the, the neural interface, and all this other stuff. Trust me, we just have to set the tone for what's going on. So that's what's happening this week. Instagram is testing likes. It's testing people's abilities to see uh, content. We already knew that this was happening through the censoring of posts, uh, through content deletion, you name it. Last week, we found out that Instagram is using an artificial uh, sensor to stop hate speech before it's even posted. So there you go. They're not going to let you see your like count. They're not going to let you post certain things. You see? So I hope you're getting a an understanding of what's going on. So let's, again, jump back to last week, some of the other stuff that was going on that requires attention. Uh, because, again, this just plays into the organized uh, collusion between big tech and what I would consider like the radical left of today. Uh, right here from Sign of the Times. Facebook updates policy to permit death threats against dangerous individuals. So essentially what we found out with that is... <laughs> And maybe this is how it all worked. Maybe Facebook deemed uh, ICE and Border Patrol facilities as dangerous organizations. And so they allowed uh, people like Antifa to organize some type of strike on the facility. So, so because that's not hate speech and because they are considered a threat right now, right? Like because ICE is considered a threat. So many people have uh, negative feelings towards them. They're considered dangerous individuals right now. Antifa was able to organize their whole or organize this whole operation. That to me is 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 crazy. But here, before we get into any more of this stuff, let's just solidify uh, some of what's going on and why we need to encapsulate the augmentation of reality, the social engineering, the social credit score, uh, the mark of the beast, all the things that we see these people trying to do uh, to get this here, right here. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak says that most people should get off Facebook permanently. It's because they understand the people are coming out now telling you what's going to happen in the future. They understand that Facebook has, has, has usurped reality. Facebook has digitally radicalized individuals. It has changed their, 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 uh, their brain chemistry. It has changed so much. Facebook has a hold on people. So for People who aren't weak-willed, who do things outside of Facebook and who have a life outside of Facebook, they don't get caught up in that Facebook trap, that ego trap, that like trap, right? They don't get bogged down in these social media ghettos. But for the people that are stuck in the social media ghettos and don't do anything else, this becomes their life. But I digress. Uh, Let me play for you guys this clip of Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak being stopped in an airport 
uh, by TMZ being told or uh, telling people that they should delete their Facebook because of privacy reasons. With the, the CEO of Instagram about, are our devices listening to us? Like when we, when we talk and you have a private conversation, should we be worried? Um, I, I'm worried about everything. I don't think we can stop it though. But everything about you, I mean, they can measure your heartbeat with lasers now. They can l listen to you with a lot of devices. Who knows if my cell phone's listening right now. Um, Alexa has already been in the news a lot. So Have you um, I, I worry because you're having conversations that you think are private or think you're to yourself. You're saying words that really shouldn't be listened to because you don't expect it. But there's almost no way to stop it. People think they have a level of privacy they don't. Why don't they give me a choice? Let me pay a certain amount and you'll keep my data you know, more secure and private than everybody else handing it to advertisers. If you post something and I like it, I check, I like, I check, you know, I check your yeah. I like it, but the trouble is my like's not going to you. In my head it is, but my like is going to the advertisers. Should we get rid of Facebook and Instagram or should we just not talk when we're on with the, the C? And now you have Facebook and now you have Instagram getting rid of the likes uh, and they don't even let you dislike things. So... They got us all addicted to these types of things. I played for you guys uh, the clip of Sean Parker uh, talking about how it's addictive, right? They got us all addicted to these types of things, and now they're literally going to manipulate our perception of this addiction. You know, and I'm going to be getting into another article here shortly uh, from the about the Rutherford Institute calling on the Department of Homeland Security to disclose their government surveillance program that tracks social media influencers, as well as the FBI ramping up their surveillance of Fedbook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of this stuff is important because what, what, what Steve Wozniak is talking about right there is how much por uh, importance your like has. Uh, right now, uh, I'm, I'm reading a book called The Physics of Miracles, or the science, it's either the physics or the science of miracles. And I got to this point where they're talking about freedom of choice and how choice is so important. And all I could keep doing was thinking about when I had uh, Josh of Laws of Reality on, and we were talking again about the importance of choice of real world physical masculine choice, not a thought, conscious action where you're doing things. And so whenever you're consciously choosing to like a certain thing, you are opening up a spectrum of information. Uh, if you guys have the time, go to our Instagram page, and let me see if I can just uh, organize this right now for you guys. Go to our Instagram page, and I remember making this a a a, a video on our on our Instagram TV, uh, just so we could go back and refer to it. Right here, we put this up almost yeah almost a year ago. Uh, this is Google's selfish ledger. So go there on our Instagram page, go to our Instagram TV, and go to our uh, post where we talk about this, 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 this selfish ledger. It's where they look at your individual picture, your choice, right? And then they come up with this whole scatter plot of how many different options it can be. It's like a, multi, it's like a multiverse off of your single choice. And they run, it, 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 it's fascinating. It truly is fascinating and crazy to see how much stuff is there. I'll put that link in the description bar below. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But really take the time to understand your choice, every single thing that you do, and, 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 and how it affects you. You know, you get in what you put in, and it's just, it's crazy. But the next video I'm going to play for you guys is Peter Thiel, the, the, one of the co-founders of PayPal, uh, slamming Google for being treasonous for working with China. And I think this is good. You know, whether or not it's patty cake, it's more stuff for the political theater, I don't know. But what we're beginning to talk about now is, is that discussion of censorship. Does First Amendment apply in China? Uh, what platforms are we going to have? 
after that because we're talking about breaking up big tech and these are this is what it's going to look like uh, so here let's get this out there Peter P- Peter Thiel on Tucker Carlson tonight talking about the FBI and CIA and how they should investigate uh, Google PayPal, he was one of the very first investors in Facebook. If anyone knows a lot about big tech and its power and its potential dangers, it's Peter Thiel. So it means something when he warns that Google, the world's most powerful company, has become a threat to American national security. They may even have committed treason, he says. While speaking at the National Conservatism Conference in Washington yesterday, Thiel warned that Google may have been infiltrated by Chinese intelligence and ought to be subject to immediate investigation by the FBI and the CIA. We're happy to have Peter Thiel join us tonight. Peter, thanks a lot for coming on. So, Peter, thanks for having me. What did you mean when you said that? Well, it, uh, it was just in the form of a set of questions I asked, where, you know, um, artificial intelligence is something people talk about nonstop in Silicon Valley, uh, but they almost never talk about its dual use. If, if it's real, if this is a real thing, it obviously can also be used by the military. It'll be weaponized in all sorts of ways, and it's an important national security question as to who has it. There's uh, this very peculiar background where Google is working with uh, with the Chinese um, communist uh, government and not with the U.S. military. So the Project Maven decision was a decision not to work with AI with, with the U.S. military, but they're working with the communist Chinese. And so the question is, you know, from the outside is just what in the world is, is going on there? And I, I sort of suggested a few different possibilities, but I think, uh, you know, it's been des- they, they've described it as a Manhattan Project for AI. And so if you go around broadcasting that you're building the Manhattan Project for AI, I, I would think this naturally would draw the attention of foreign intelligence agencies. Um, you know, it, I, I think the Chinese are competent enough that the Ministry of State Security um, is likely to have infiltrated Google. And, uh, and then I think the Google management has sort of a decision of either letting the software go out the front door or figuring it'll get stolen anyway and go out the back door. When you say you believe that Chinese state security is likely to have infiltrated Google, what would that, what does that well, mean? If you, if, you, if you say you're building a Manhattan project for, for AI, don't you think that would attract the interest of foreign intelligence agencies? Yes. I'm just, I'm just, it's, yes. It's just, this is just hidden in plain sight. And, uh, and, then, it's, and, then, you know, and then they are, um, uh, well, I think there are sort of all these, uh, all these ways that, uh, that uh, you know, Chinese nationals are engaged in espionage in the U.S. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not even, it's understandable that China is doing that. They, they see themselves in a you know, very serious competition with the U.S., but, uh, but we're not particularly on our guard about it. And, uh, and if you have sort of a series of super futuristic tech projects that you broadcast the whole world, it's at least a suspicion. And then, um, and then the, weird, the weird fact that's indisputable is that Google is working with Communist China, but not with the U.S. military on its breakthrough AI Why technology. Is that? Well, that's the that's the question. I mean, I think I think one explanation is they figure um, they have to because it'll get if they don't give it to them through the front door, it'll get stolen through the back door. So first answer is they have to, and then I think of course there's probably you know a broad base of Google employees that are you know ideologically super left wing, sort of woke, and and sort of woke. That, uh, China's uh, better than the U.S. So, sort of woke. I would definitely recommend you guys go check out uh, the, the last bit of that interview. It's very important. Uh, but there's a number of things to talk about right there. Uh, super futuristic AI, super futuristic tech projects, uh, the Manhattan Project of AI, and so much more. China having access to U.S. intelligence uh, and Chinese nationals and espionage. We've, we've actually reported on that as well. Um, they're using LinkedIn to engage in corporate espionage to where they can get employees to hand over trade secrets. It's very important and very real. Uh, but what we're talking about is how our country is being sold out. We built it here, and now we're going give to it, give it over to China. 
uh, and you see what they're doing with their social credit score system. Can you imagine China ex- ex- giving what they think is freedom here in America? And so we have a lot of different things to look at with the, with, with the growing Chinese threat, uh, the, the, with the Confucianism being taught in schools, uh, just just a whole lot of different things there. Uh, but to keep it in the vein of augmenting reality, surveillance state and surveillance capitalism, uh, let's 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 really understand what this means uh, when we're talking about treason, when we're talking about Google, when we're talking about all this stuff. Like, think about again how much influence these people have on society and why it's important for us to have these these dark uh, these deeper connections. I'm going to play for you guys a quick clip uh, from CNBC. This is a uh, them talking about how President Trump vows to look at investigating Google. For treason, it says President Trump just said he'll look into claims of Google working with the Chinese government, and so that's important because you have American information being monetized uh, over there in China. You see, like it, it, it's just crazy because I guess I get this image of our information being used against us. It's like we already understand that we can be blackmailed here in America. But for that information to be transferred someplace else, it's just it's just it really is crazy. Uh, it really is wild to think about the, the the deeper impacts of all this and what the country is going to look like. The simplest way to say it is in the future, we're not going to have the same level of freedom uh, that we have now. That's that's that is the saddest part about it is what we have now uh, with the Internet, with social media. It's not going to be the same. They're going to start garnering things. Uh, But here, check this out. The Rutherford Institute calls on DHS to disclose their government surveillance program that tracks and monitors and mines social media influencers and posts. Uh, This is from the Rutherford Institute. It's by IntelliHub. They put this up July 15th. And before I get into this article, I just want to make a note that a few months ago, the Navy uh, harvested millions of social media posts because they wanted to collect, quote, uh, collective expressions of human emotion. So, again, more information showing that, indeed, every action you take on social media is being monitored, it's being uh, documented, it's, it's, it's what creates that ability to show you a, a product whenever you're talking about it and you didn't search for it. Uh, but let me get into this article. It says, pushing it back against the, ex- the expansion of secret government surveillance program and the chilling impacts they have on, on lawful First Amendment activities, the, Rust- the Rutherford Institute is demanding the Department of Homeland Security disclose the details of a government, supra- government program proposed by the DHS in April 2018 that aims to track, monitor, and catalog and mine content posted by social media, quote, influencers. In filing a Freedom of Information Act request, Uh, Rutherford Institute attorneys are asking for all related records to a, quote, media monitoring service uh, surveillance program that would create a, quote, media influencer database for content created and posted by journalists, editors, social media influencers and bloggers. The Institute is asking for records and information on the program because of the chilling effect it will have on the First Amendment activities of the citizens targeted by the program. Quote, government surveillance stifles dissents. It's true. It's true. Nobody, they're not, you're not going to be, we're not going to be dissenting and calling out the government as much if they're over here watching us 24-7. This is why to some level we do need civil disobedience and why Antifa is required to some level. Maybe not them, but a, 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 a level of disobedience and unrest is required so that, so that order can be maintained. But I digress. Different philosophical discussion for a different day. 
Uh, but continuing on, it says government surveillance stifles dissent. The impact of this far-reaching surveillance has reduced trust, increased conformity, diminished civic participation, and a populace cowed by fear, said Constitutional Attorney John W. Whitehead, president of the Rutherford Institute and author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People. Quote, the Department of Homeland Security's secretive surveillance of social media influence is not only anti-ethical to the principles of, free, of a free society, but will also have a chilling and del deleterious effect on the ability of all Americans to exercise their First Amendment right to free speech. The National Protection and, Pro the National Protection and Programs Directorate uh, was a division of the Department of Homeland Security charged with reducing threats to a nation's physical and cyber infrastructure. In 2018, NPPD was replaced with Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Before it was replaced, NPPD issued a statement of work for quote, media monitoring services. The statement of work sought proposals from the private sector for the provision of, quote, traditional and social media monitoring services that would enable DHS to, quote, monitor traditional news sources as well as social media, identify any and all media coverage related to the Department of Homeland Security or a particular event. DHS's ultimate goal was to create an application allowing it to track, monitor, and search the content of, quote, media influencers. This tracking would include online and traditional print and broadcast sources, social media, and foreign sources. It portends to an analyze the coverage, conversations, and comments of subscribers taking place in these media. Uh, the program is meant to create a, quote, media influencer database comprised of, quote, journalists, editors, correspondents, social media influencers, and bloggers, including, quote, contact details and any other information that could be relevant, including publications there this influencer writes for and an overview of the previous coverage published by, by the media influencer, essentially what their history is. Trive, a company that is developing a search engine that could, affect, that could be affected by the media monitoring programs, uh, and wants to alert those subjects to the DHS surveillance as, quote, media influencers, asked the Rutherford Institute to assist it in obtaining information about the DHS's program. Equally concerned about the influencer surveillance program, chilling effects on online speech, Rutherford Institute attorneys filed a, F a FOIA request with DHS asking for all contracts entered into, the, into under the Statement of Work databases and lists of media influencers created under the program. Uh, and records like they, they they basically ask for everything gosh they the people write so crazy these days they ask for all the information about the dhs collecting this type of information on people because they know they are i mean again i tell you guys this all the time i know to some degree i have been allowed to operate they have let me be on here we're talking like four or five years of the censorship i'm still surprised and honored to be on here but you know to some degree they're using my page and other people's pages as a template for how they're going to get rid of us in the future. You know, this is why I need to, again, come up with a whole new uh, platform post that shows you we're on Minds.com, Vero, Halanis, uh, that we need to get on Gab, Parler, that we're going to be on all of these other places because you see what's happening with the mainstream uh, social media platforms. I remember talking about this with Carrie Wedler of the Anti-Media uh, and how in the future what we're seeing today Mainstream social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, that's going to be for the masses. For individuals like ourselves, we're going to need alternative social media platforms just so we can communicate. You see, because here, check this out. Boom, right, right here. This is from the Activist Post. Uh, they put this up July 16th. It says, FBI to ramp up surveillance of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, this, uh, this next part I'm going to read, it comes from uh, Hugh 
handy side on Twitter. They put this up July 12th. It says the FBI is soliciting contracts for a new social media surveillance tool. He goes on to say that they're not beating around the bush in the terms of how pervasively they are monitoring social media content. So I'm hope I'm giving you guys a pretty, pretty in-depth understanding as to how these guys are trying to get your information. Uh, and this next part, it comes from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, social media alerting down here. It says that 3.3.1.2.1 information constituting Advanced notification is derived from constant monitoring monitoring of social media platforms based on keywords relevant to national security and location. Uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, but basically it talks about how the FBI's plan is to step up its efforts to gather information from social media, basically people like ourselves, uh, and how they want to be able to create a monitoring tool that gets information together recuperates it in a timely fashion. We're talking about Big Brother. We're talking about them literally having the ability to see what you post in live time. Not having access like a screen recorder, but everything other than the, every everything just about there. You see. They want to get you addicted to your phone, get you used to these types of things, just so they could surveil and control you. I'm not talking about the mind control via flicker rates. I'm not talking about... Uh, uh, U.S. patent systems that can affect your nervous systems. You know, I'm not talking about 5G. I'm not talking about any of this type of stuff. I'm talking about how they have literally played us, got us addicted to these types of devices, got us on this web, and they're about to come through like the spiders. You see, because we understand how influential uh, technology is. Right here, I think this is a, a perfect way to summarize it. They, they, they got us addicted because they knew that it would uh, right here. Uh, this is from Glenn Reynolds of Technocracy News. It says, social media is making us dumb, angry, and addicted. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're becoming irritable. We're having short attention spans. As I told, tell you guys all the time, they're trying to mess with our memory to where we don't care, to where we don't feel, to where we don't really know how to interact here in the real world simply because, well, our phone's not telling us what to do. You see, they, they, they got us addicted to these types of technologies and just scrambled us. That's the simplest way to say it. They, they scrambled our brains, scrambled reality, and as, I, as, as this segment is titled, they've augmented it. They've changed it. You see, because social media has become so influential, the government has one, uh, the Pope has one, states have one, countries have one, state, uh, uh, regions have one like you name it or organizations have one because social media has become so influential in society they've they've seen what it's done they're going to go ahead and keep it and and they're going to move forward with it they it, it's just so crazy i think to, to to talk about this type of stuff but also have elon musk come out and say hey guess what we're going to start hooking your brains up to computers it's like they're already getting people together i call it the beta borg Right. That's that's what we're in right now. The, the, the phase of the beta Borg, they have to mentally break us down to a point to where we willingly, you know, uh, take the chip. You see, people will people think that the collective consciousness is such a good thing. It's like it, it won't be because they have to dumb us down. They have to bring down the general IQ level of everybody so that we can interface with artificial intelligence. It's not ve it's not very smart. Like machine learning technology is not very smart. It's clever, but clever is not smart. You see, and so what's happening right now is, is we're being intentionally dumbed down to a general basic IQ level to where 
you know, the standards have dropped down to where everybody's just the same, right? We all we all want to be the same. It's the global citizen. I keep trying to reiterate this to you, to to where now they're going to level the playing field on the internet. You see, don't worry about the level playing field in reality. What you can build out here, no, just have a dumb IQ operate on our on our platforms, and we'll tell you what you can do there. You see that? You see how they've usurped reality? But let me get into this article right here uh, that encapsulates why it's so important and what's going to happen here in the future. Uh, we've talked about this before, the idea of taxing these social media giants because they are becoming public utilities and the influence that they're having on society. Uh, but right here, we put this up July 11th. It's from the Judge Report feed. It says, France passes law taxing digital giants in defiance of Trump's anger. The new law aims to aims at plugging a taxation gap that's, that has seen some internet heavyweights paying next to nothing in countries where they make huge profits as their legal base is in smaller EU states. The legislation, dubbed GAFA tax, is an acronym for Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon, was passed by a simple show of hands in the Senate Upper House after it was agreed by a National Assembly lower chamber earlier this month. But the French move drew an angry response from the White House even before this legislation was passed, with Trump ordering an investigation uh, unprecedented in the history of French-U.S. relations. The law will levy a 3.0% tax on revenues generated from services to French consumers by the largest tech firms. The adoption of the law came as Britain unveiled draft legislation for a tax on digital giants that would, have, that would amount to 2.0% and reflect the value derived from the UK from their UK users, the British government said. Google, Google, Apple, and Fedbook have their European headquarters in Ireland, where they pay some of the EU's lowest corporate tax, despite uh, earning the bulk of their European revenues in Britain, France, and Germany. Amazon's European base is, is in Luxembourg, another low-tax jurisdiction. Ireland, Luxembourg, and other smaller EU members have been active in thwarting efforts to impose an EU-wide digital tax, hastening go-it-alone go efforts by France, Britain, and others. Uh, the so-called Section 301 investigation is the primary tool the Trump administration has used in the trade war with China to justify tariffs against what the United States says are unfair trade practices. U.S. Trade Pre Representative Robert Leitzker uh, said in a statement ahead of the adoption of the French law that Washington was, quote, very concerned it would, quote, unfairly target American companies. But French economy minister Bruno Le Maire, uh, France, rejected the U.S. reaction, saying, quote, threats were not the way to resolve such disputes, quote, between allies. I believe we can you I believe we can and must resolve our differences in another way than through threats. He told the French Senate ahead of the vote. So basically what they're talking about is taxing the social media giant. They realize that social media is <laughs> killing them and that they they, they could obviously benefit so much more from it so they have to tax it that's how this all works uh, <laughs> it's just crazy because I know where this is gonna go um, and reading that you know I just I, I kinda wanna pull this up before I play this next clip and close out this segment for you guys uh, but reading that it just made me think of this right here how Facebook is going to give data on hate speech suspects uh, to the French court I just got this like weird idea you know where they're they're where the French are taxing Facebook because they understand that stuff's going on. It's all politics. It's all business. You see. You see. You have to understand that's what these people are doing. They're, they're, they're trying to control as many things as possible. So they got the entire world hooked on these things just so people could start taxing them. And so what happens whenever social media becomes like a staple in society? I'm telling you. And you're, and you're already seeing some of the you're already seeing Facebook or Fedbook with the creation of their cryptocurrency Libra uh, creating 
the mark of the beast, the new world order currency. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the same way I told you that people were going to liberate those camps, air quotes, liberate those camps, is the same way that you will be paid in the future for having a Facebook. And all it's going to cost you is your privacy, your security, and your independent freedom. That's all it's going to cost you. You know, you'll get paid. Face Fedbook will legitimately pay you so that it can control your life because it needs that data. And all it's going to cost you is your freedom. So to close out this segment, I'm going to play you guys a, a, a clip that looks like it should be from that movie Black Mirror, uh, but it's from some uh, a, a it's from a film uh, called Sight. It's based out of a 2012 science fiction film called Sight, uh, played in Silicon Valley. And basically, what it is is it shows you how here in the future. You know, actually, I should I should have done this. I should have played. I'll play this clip. I'll play it for you the post that we put on right before we came on to the air for you guys. And I'll also play Elon Musk uh, talking about his neural lace. So right here we have this clip of sight where a man is implanted or has implantable technology and his, his whole world is augmented. I'll try to narrate what's going on. He's cutting a cucumber and his AI implant is racking up a score in the top corner, showing him where to cut, how to cut, and every time he cuts, it says nice or bad. It's turned it into a video game. Place the cucumber there, a grid goes over it, and start cutting. It's crazy. You know, Snail zombies from your backyard. <laughs> Life is a journey, and in this journey, we all want to do more, experience more, feel more, and live with no boundaries. And why shouldn't we? Psy Crazy. I would, I would definitely recommend you guys to uh, go take a look at that clip, because it, it is crazy. And go watch the film itself, too. Or go watch San Junipero uh, put out by Black Mirror. You know, they're, they're really trying to tell you that that's the future. Uh, right here. And this is an article from Skywatch TV. I actually found it over there at the Minds Unleashed earlier this week. But it says Silicon Valley transhumanists are turning their kids into cyborgs that can detect liars and even synthetically modulate their emotions. And the clip that's playing for people that want to know, uh, it's from the... 2018 documentary Transhuman put together by Ford Fisher of News to Share and basically what it is is explaining the transhuman movement um, and I'll, I'll read this article and then I'll play for you guys a clip of Elon Musk debuting his Neuralink, his Neuralink interface uh, we put this up July 18th it's from Skywatch TV it says a neuroscientist has admitted to turning her child into a cyborg and says she wants to control emotions using brain chips it's just one example of the growing transhumanist movement using technology to turn us all into superhumans. Vivian Ming is a theoretical neuroscientist and a world-famous expert on artificial intelligence. And she says that her son's double diagnosis of autism and diabetes inspired her to, quote, turn him into a cyborg. Quote, I reacted as a mad scientist and built him a superpower, Ming wrote in Quartz. Quote, when he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I hacked his insulin pump and built an AI that learned to match his insulin to his emotions and activities. 
She also said that the autism diagnosis prompted her to create a clever system to catch liars. As an undergrad, Ming worked on a machine learning system that recognizes facial expressions in video as part of what she calls a, quote, crazy CIA scheme. It explored every frame of video, learning the facial muscle movements and that indicated disgust, nose wrinkles, plus the upper, the upper lip raise, or anger, which are eyebrows down and together with an eye glare, and their lips are narrow. She said, it even learned to distinguish, quote, false smiles from, quote, true ones, otherwise known as Duchenne smiles, tightening suborbital muscles around the eyes, then the, the Google Glass uh, smart glasses came out. Ming decided to pair the two technologies. In 2013, she debuted her super glass concept that can recognize emotions of a face and display the emotions using Google Glass. This was designed to help a person with autism better understand when a person was happy, sad, angry, or something else. Quote, But the more I experimented, the more I realized that I didn't want to cure my son's autism, Ming explained. Quote, I didn't want him to lose I didn't want him, I didn't want to lose him and his wonderful differences. Google Superglass became a tool to translate between his experience and us neurotypicals, a scientific term that means your brain is boring. That's us. Our brains are boring. We're what's considered neurotypicals. So think about that. Neurotypicals. They already have a a, a neural. They already have a language for the type of individuals that we are. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to play for you guys this clip of Elon Musk talking about Neuralink and how he says it's ready for brain surgery. And who knows, maybe he'll use it on some of us uh, neurotypicals. Let's take a listen. The why of Neuralink, uh, just to, to go over it, is I think it's important for us to address brain-related diseases. Um, the, the, everyone, if, they, if you survive cancer and heart disease, the odds are that you will have uh, some brain-related disorder. So it'll be like Alzheimer's or, or dementia. And if you don't, uh, friends and family will for sure. Um, and it, I think unless we have some sort of brain-machine interface uh, that can solve uh, brain ailments of all kinds, whether it's an accident or uh, congenital or any kind of brain-related disorder uh, in, or, or a spinal disorder, if you know somebody who's uh, broken their neck or broken their spine, uh, we can solve that with a chip. And, and this is something that I think most people don't uh, quite understand yet. And we're going to go over in detail how this is possible. Um, but I, th I think there's, there's an incredible amount we can do to, to solve um, brain disorders, act, uh, damage. Um, and, and all this will, will occur actually, I think, quite slowly. Um, so I do want to emphasize that it's not going to be like suddenly uh, Neuralink will have this incredible neural lace and start taking over people's brains. Okay. It, it will take a long time. <laughs> um, so, and, and, and you'll see it coming. So getting, getting FDA approval for implantable or devices of any kind is quite, quite difficult. Um, and this will be a slow process where we, we will gradually increase the um, issues that we solve until ultimately we can do a full uh, brain machine interface, uh, meaning that we can it, it, uh, ultimately. Yeah, this is going to sound pretty weird, but um, achieve a sort of symbiosis with artificial intelligence. So, uh, but this is, this is not a mandatory thing. Um, 
This is a thing that you can choose to have if you want. Um, and and uh, this, this is something I think is going to be really important um, at a civilization level scale. So, um, and I, I've, I've said a lot about AI over the years. Hold on, I've got to stop it right there. He says it's going to be a civilization-wide decision. Like, think about that. He's already telling you, he's already telling you achieving symbiosis with AI is, is, is possible, but it's going to be a civilization-wide thing. We've got to ask ourselves, do we want to join up with the AI? Let's, let's, let's finish this out. Uh, but I, I think even in a benign AI scenario, we will be left behind. Um, and so and hopefully it is a benign scenario, um, but I think with um, a high bandwidth brain machine interface, I think we can actually go along for the ride um, and we can effectively have the option of merging with AI. I think this is extremely important. Yeah, whole whole lot of different things to look at there. So we will, we will definitely be uh, keeping an eye not only on... Not only on Elon Musk, but Neuralace, Neuralink, and so much more. The brain-machine uh, interface. Really think about what he said right there. It will take time for us to take over your brain, but you will see it coming. Understand that this is the plan, and every time Elon Musk says some of these very cryptic things, we see the rollout happening later. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried so much about, our, about ourselves as I'm, as I'm worried about the next generation taking these types of things. You've got to understand that these people are trying to use the siren song of technology to take over. But here's what's going to happen, gang. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the idea of conquering a nation, the communist takeover, drugs, uh, what's hap how, how we are literally seeing uh, the, 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 the destruction, the demoralization, and the deconstruction of, um, of America. You know, you have Antifa terrorist attacks, um, you have ICE facilities being shot at, all kinds of different stuff. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. lies and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. And we are back. That's right. You know, it, it, it's crazy to think about. Everything that we talked about in that previous segment, you know we're going to have to revisit that because it's only going to intensify. You know, it's, it's only going to intensify. Uh, the siren song of technology is trying to pull us all in. And if we don't take the time to recognize it, we will be caught up in it. You know, look at look at this this most recent face app thing, people being turned old. Like if you ask me, I think that's them just saying, Hey, we're gonna have your information until you're old and dead in the grave, son. We just gotta get it now. <laughs> it is it is crazy the times we're in. You know, people wanted me to make a post about it, like, oh, post about how uh, people are giving away their years worth of privacy with one photo. It's like I, I would hope that people already understand that. That shows you how privacy is like an archaic thing, how people really don't care about that. Uh, and that's that's how all of technology is truly designed, is so that you give over your your peace, your privacy, your security, your freedom for uh, for surveillance. That's why it's such a generic term. Uh, but I digress. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this segment of Factions of Freedom, conquering a nation. You know, at the start of this transmission, I told you guys I did a fair amount of research into uh, in, into the communist revolution, and I just kind of want to you know I want to. I guess I want to say this to just set the foundation, I guess, for this 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 segment, okay? Um, and I and if I have time, I'll try to interspace more of the research into it because I have to get into the news and all this other stuff and correlate it. But you know, in the 1960s, the communist revolution didn't succeed because people weren't down. Fast forward, you know, 50 years later, uh, even heck. Uh, you know, 70, 70 years later, fast forward to where we're at now, uh, 2020s, dude, I'm telling you, people are more down for it. The revolution might succeed. Now, let me just do a quick cultural social analysis of the 60s versus, you know, the 2000s. You know, in the 60s, the revolution couldn't take hold because Americans were inoculated uh, to, to what the communists were pushing, right? Uh, you had, a, you had a, a, a viable, robust, patriotic middle class, you know, people love their country, they love the environment, they love they love themselves, they understood these types of things. You had a viable education system that hadn't been corrupted, you know, uh, as I said before in the first segment, uh, with Confucianism, Eastern teachings coming in here, uh, when you have all, radical uh, sociological, environmental, and, uh, and social, like, just, when you don't have an education system that isn't corrupted, I could spend hours on that. You, 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 you. <laughs> I'm just going to fire through this list because each one of these are so important. 
Uh, but the revolution couldn't take hold because, one, Americans were, were inoculated due to the, because of this chaos. One, they had a viable, robust, patriotic middle class. Two, a viable education system that hadn't been corrupted. Three, strong Judeo-Christian foundation. Four, traditional family, family values. Five, most of the country was agrarian. Since we've moved, we've moved to this, this uh, part, of the, the part of the city where we can start gardening and ranching and taking care of the earth. That's agrarian. Most of the country was 30% agrarian. These days, it's about 1% or 2% of the country that's agrarian. Uh, six, you had people that respected the cap, respectful of the capitalist past and hopeful for the capitalist future. This is in the 60s, right? You know, like, like I told you before, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the Space Force uh, anniversary. People were excited for that. They wanted to race. They wanted to do these types of things. Fast forward to where we're at now. People don't want to go to space. And I'm just going to go through that list in re- basically in reverse, show you how that's the 60s. People had strong family values, Christian, strong Judeo-Christian uh, morals and principles. Like they, people cared about things. Like it was, it was honest. It was organic. It was real. Let's just put that into today's perspective. You don't have a viable, robust, patriotic middle class. You have a destroyed, unpatriotic, uh, uh, withered patriotic class. Two, we don't have a viable education system that hasn't been corrupted. We have an education system that has been corrupted. Uh, Whenever you have people like AstraZeneca, Purdue Pharma, uh, Monsanto, Bayer, whenever you have these people creating the doctors... That are, that are saying vaccines are okay, your education system has been corrupted. Three, strong Judeo-Christian foundation. As I told you before at the start of the transmission, they literally took out the Bible, Christianity, God, from church. These days, you can have after-school Satan programs, you can have everything in school other than Christianity. Four, traditional family values. Yeah, we don't have a lot of traditional family values. Uh, we just had Pride Month, right? That has nothing to do with 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 uh, with with family values. They call us stupid heteros, people that want to have <laughs> a wife and two kids. We don't have that today. We don't have traditional family values. Five. Most of the country was agrarian. These days, we're in that one or two percent. People go get food from the Quickie Mark down the street or the Walmart, and they don't even prepare things. You see, so yeah, the revolution might take hold this time around. Okay. So this is this is this is just a few factoids of the research getting into the mindset of what's going on these days. When I'm talking about conquering a nation, I asked people just last week, why have we lost our patriotism? It's because people don't have they're not connected to roots. They're connected to Facebook, they're connected to Twitter, they're connected to their friends, but they're not connected to their history. Like it is it's it's so crazy. I would have to do a whole separate transmission uh, on all this stuff, but let me let me let me get into the segment right here. You know, this is something that kind of blew my mind a little bit, too, looking at all this stuff that's going on. Um, just last week, and this this kind of this broke as we were getting stuff together for the episode, but just last week, uh, a U.S. ship was, she- was seized, and it was owned by J.P. Morgan. <laughs> and that it just blows my mind to think about this type of stuff go- going on. Uh, but the U.S. just seized a ship that was owned by J.P. Morgan that had $1.3 billion worth of cocaine on it. This is by S.M. Gibson of the Minds Unleashed. They put this up July 10th. It says, a container ship owned by J.P. Morgan has been seized by U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, in Philadelphia weeks after authorities into 
discovered over $1 billion worth of cocaine on the vessel. On June 17th, uh, U.S. U.S. Customs and Homeland Security led a multi-agency effort which detected inconsistencies in seven shipping containers and confiscated 39,525 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> the cocaine has a street value of approximately $1.3 billion. On July 4th, CBP executed a warrant and seized the MS, MSC Gayen, which is the world's second largest container ship. The seagoing vessel is owned by J.P. Morgan Asset Management and operated by a Switzerland-based Mediterranean shipping company, according to the Wall Street Journal. The MSC Gayen is the largest seized, the largest vessel seized in U.S. Customs and Border Patrol's 230-year uh, history and follows the record seizure of almost 20 tons of cocaine discovered on the vessel. So, <laughs> that, that to me is crazy. But why are we talking about cocaine after talking about conquering a nation? It's because they're using drugs. I told you before uh, in the first segment that they had to bring us down, that they have to dumb us down. What's the easiest way to do that? Give them the drugs. Uh, I played for you guys a clip of Aldous Huxley when he was talking about the final revolution, when he was speaking at UC Berkeley about how that's it. We have to use a combination of barbiturates, opioid, drugs, uh, hallucinogens to cripple a population because if these people can't if the people can't understand what's going on if they have no idea who they are or where they are then they're not going to be able to fight back you see that's why they want to keep you asleep but i'll tell you what because this is just like how crazy everything happens you know i was I, I, we had posted about that a week a week ago right but during that same time frame uh we had this Happened right here. Viral video shows U.S. commando leaping onto narco submarine in the Pacific. And so, I, I wanted to put this in here because we're not only talking about narcotics being shipped into the country, uh, but why you why you also have commandos and people doing this type of what I would consider pretty kick-ass stuff, protecting the country, trying to trying to watch the drugs. You know, just just the other day. Uh, when I was putting all this stuff together, I was reading how back in like 19, uh, 1765, George Washington, uh, you know, before before he had become president, how he was doing all this crazy stuff and how there was a Native American prophecy about how this dude wouldn't get hit by bullets um, and how, you know, how, how, how crazy and badass George Washington was, you know, and, and how whenever he got control of his regiment, he eliminated gambling, he eliminated cursing, he eliminated uh, drinking. He asked for a chaplain. You know, he was like, no, we're not going to do any of this stuff. And so I feel like we've just, we've lost touch with that sense of just like righteous rage, of just like righteous indignation. You know, we've lost touch with like wanting to be a rugged, uh, a, a rugged, powerful person. Now, check this out. And this is, this is how we're going to switch it up. Now, you have... Uh, how old is this dude? 69 years old. You have a 69-year-old man shooting up ICE facilities. That's where we're at now. Nope, they don't want to lead armies. They they want to get radicalized uh, by 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 transgender domestic terrorists and liberate uh, liberate people who have willingly come here. This is where we're at these days, right here. This is by Sean Adetalabi of Your News Wire. It says, man who attacked ICE facility wrote in manifesto, I am Antifa. They put this up July 15th. It says, the man who attempted to firebomb an ICE facility in Washington State released a manifesto before, before the attack stating, quote, I am Antifa. 
So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read his name because that's what a lot of these people want. They you 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 have basically all of, all of uh, Portland celebrating this type of celebrating this man, calling him a martyr. You know, <laughs> this is this is nuts to me. This is nuts to me. This is nuts to me. Um, you have people who legitimately think that they are fighting Nazis. You know, and I think one of the reasons why I have such a a, a a controversial relationship to this is because I understand the whole attack the system, bring down the system mentality. Heck, I've even talked to people behind uh, closed doors about how I've had visions of being one of the protesters, you know, throwing like a Molotov uh, at, at, at some kind of tank to die f- for what I believed in. But this is not something I believe in. And I know people are saying, well, if not now, when? This isn't it. This is This is still a misguided revolution. On so many fronts, uh, you know, we're talking, uh, what's going to happen after this is kidnappings, I'm telling you. We have destabilization on our horizon. Intentional escalation of violence will only trigger the police state that these people are wanting. And you have to understand why that's important. Because some of the police and some of the people within this police state forward slash martial law will be complicit and compliant. Let me get into this article. Uh, it says the man who attempted to firebomb an ICE facility in Washington State released a manifesto before the attack stating that, quote, I am Antifa. 69-year-old domestic terrorist guy was shot dead by police after he threw Molotov cocktails at the building and nearby cars on Saturday morning. So hold the, just, this guy's trying to liberate that camp, right? They're, 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 this is their whole movement, hashtag close the camps. If he would have destroyed that, if he would have destroyed the tanker, try to blow up the building, he would literally kill not only the migrants that are at the facility, uh, but anybody in the area that could help the migrants thereafter. You see, these people don't care. We're, we're, we're dealing with extremists and accelerationists. This is the days that we're in. The New Zealand shooting, right? People, were, people, people wanted to talk about it being a false flag and whether or not it actually happened. You, didn't, you, didn't, you have got to understand the mindset of these people. They do not care. They see nothing to live for. They don't want to build anything. They want to take it over. Like, okay. I'll come back to that, okay? There are some people on, on social media, right? Let's just say that, that are exactly I'm, I, that are exactly opposite of us. And for a while, I followed their pages because, I, as I tell you all the time, I think it's important to understand what the opposition is doing. I think it is important to have eyes on our adversaries. I had to follow some of our adversaries because they were talking about stuff that 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 basically made me feel like like I was reading a, a song from Metallica or reading something from like a death metal band. We have built this operation up over a four or five year time period. If some of these people come in here talking about confiscating stuff and then installing their own members, I'm telling you. People would not know how to run what I'm doing here, and they would mess up things. But this is the mindset of 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 of, of the opposition. You see, Con- com- control, kill, and control, confiscate the confiscate the wealth, redistribute it, give it to everybody else. Because yeah, I because you couldn't do anything in your own time frame. You got to destroy everybody else's. I, I, I let me. I, I'm I'm. I knew this was going to happen. I have notes here about the communist revolution takeover. I have notes about Antifa. I have notes about all this stuff, and I'm trying to tell you guys how important it is and how serious it is like to 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 simply put it this is no longer like a soft civil war a cold civil war they have been activated they are going hot and 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 because it is being done without any accountability we are going we are only going to see it intensify 
That's just the simplest way for me to tell you. Let me get into this article. According to a copy of his manifesto obtained by Jack Posobiec, the attack was motivated by the, by the opposition to, quote, concentration camps in America. Where have we heard that before? Uh, is it clear that the van, is it clear, is it clear that domestic terrorist guy was radicalized by dangerous rhetoric from so-called progressives on the left who have ramped up their inflammatory rhetoric against ICE recently? On Sunday, an Antifa group that domestic terrorist guy belonged to appeared to condone his actions by posting a message of support on their Fedbook page. Summit.News reports the rest of the manifesto is a rambling advocacy of identity politics mixed with, mixed with hysteria about, quote, concentration camps. At one point in the manifesto, domestic terrorist guy thanks his, quote, trans comrades and explains that he was armed with a semi-automatic weapon, suggesting he clearly planned to commit a massacre. The Antifa club that domestic terrorist guy attended also locked its Twitter account down following the revelations. As Posobiec highlights, quote, two months ago, CNN ran a story promoting the, quote, or promoting the hashtag Tacoma Redneck Revolt chapter of Antifa, of which domestic terrorist guy was a member. The revelation that domestic terrorist guy considered himself to be an Antifa member will increase pressure on authorities to officially declare the group as a domestic terrorist organization. Back in July of 2017, the Department of Homeland Security in New Jersey officially listed Antifa as a domestic terrorist organization after a rash of violent attacks by the group targeting supporters of Donald Trump. As I keep trying to tell you, <laughs> this is going to lead to domestic unrest. This is going to lead to civil unrest. You see. Uh, let me play for you guys a clip real quick of, of ICE protesters just last week uh, removing the flag at the detention facilities. They, they took down the American flag. They peed on it. You know, they burnt it, and then they, they, they raised it back up. Oh, but don't worry. We, we let, let these people in. Let these people in. They're so tolerant. They're so understanding. Let, let them in. So, this is what I mean by conquering a nation. Dope them up. Actually, dumb them down, then dope them up so they're twice, you know, uh, mentally handicapped. Radicalize them so they're asking, you know, what do we do next, boss? Jump off that cliff. Let them jump off the cliff. Laugh if they, as they jump off the cliff and then take whatever's at the bottom of that cliff because you just, you just, this is what's happening to people. You see, this is, this is where we're going. And so I don't want to sound like some boot-licking, flag-wearing, Bible-thumping, hardcore American guy over here. But I'm, I guess I'm wondering at what point, you know, with this laissez-faire, libertarian mindset that we have, at what point do we say enough is enough? And at what point do we just kind of, is that it? We just throw our hands up? You know, we just kind of, we just, we just let this all go. Uh, because, well, we don't care. Why should we care? This is racist. That's racist. No, no, nobody, nobody try for anything. Again, I just feel like this is so dangerous and detrimental to like our whole our whole future uh, that, 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 that basically what we're doing is we're advocating everything. You know, I'm out here in New Mexico and I can tell you for sure that we are given over that the southwest of America is, is basically might as well just call it Mexico as is. You know, when I go back east, I tell people I'm out here in New Mexico. They, they think I speak Mexican. It's actually Spanish, but no, this is. This is where it's at. And at another level, people truly don't care. And I can say that because deep down, you know, people don't know how to care.
You see. They 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 wish they could care. Oh wow, that is so that that's so crazy. I'm trying to find um I'm trying to find that video clip of a Denver City Councilwoman promising to impose uh socialism by any means necessary, and it would seem as though that has been removed from our page. <laughs> I wish I could say I'm I'm surprised, uh, but I'm, I'm I guess I'm learning more and more that this is this is the future, and if we don't catch these things now, uh, we won't be able to talk about it in the future. Wow, that 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 really is mind blowing. I thought we 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 literally had this up ready to go yesterday, and they must have taken it down in that time frame. They it must be something that they don't like. That's crazy to me. But to fast forward anyway. <laughs> Just gotta shake my head because I, I I wish I could say I'm surprised, but due to the time that we're in, I can't really I can't really stay st- stuck on that. Uh, but since we're talking about immigration, ICE protesters removing the American flag, uh, Denver City Councilwomen promising to usher in socialism by any means. Check this out, uh, and for our audio listeners, I'll just tell you what it is. You have 300 illegal aliens, including a nine-month pregnant woman, crossing the border in six hours. It's by Christina Lalia uh, by the Gateway Pundit. They put this up July 11th. It says a Texas reporter in the Rio Grande Valley recorded 300 illegal immigrants crossing the border to turn themselves in to Border Patrol agents in a six-hour period. One of the illegal immigrants who crossed the border is a nine-month pregnant woman who admitted that she will be giving birth in a week. Uh, KGBT CHS4 reporter Sydney Hernandez told Breitbart News on Thursday that she witnessed hundreds of migrants flowed, well, flood over in a few hours. She said she witnessed 20 in the first group, 38 in the second, then 40, then 50, then about 150. During the six-hour stretch, the counted, they counted about 298 migrants who illegally crossed the border from Mexico. At 10.55 p.m., a new group of about 50 people showed up, and one of them was the was illegal uh, was the illegal nine month pregnant woman we told you about and she told border patrol that she's about to be delivering her anchor baby in about a week or two there is also a, a migrant who just had a gastric bypass surgery and border patrol had to check her out to make sure she was okay <laughs> crazy uh, breitbart news reports during the during the month of june rio grande Valley Border Patrol agents apprehended 43,197 migrants an average of 1400 40 per day, uh, according to the most recent Southwestern Border Migrant Report uh, released Wednesday by U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Of those, agents identified 30,165 as family unit aliens, uh, 3,903 as unaccompanied alien children, and 9,129 as single adults. So, yeah, you start throwing those numbers out to people, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. 1,400 and 40 a day that's crazy and they're letting them go too so when you have and that's what i'm telling you guys this is a a a multi-generational issue now even if we stopped it now it is going to take 10 years to get all this stuff sorted out i'm pushing for immigration reform i'm pushing for a pathway to citizenship but i was telling some of the i was talking to um i was talking to some of the agents the border patrol agents uh around here and I was talking to some of the people that have family in California, Juarez, and all over the place, you know, and, and we were just kind of like war game and stuff. I'm like, talk to me, guys. What are your thoughts surrounding some of this stuff? You know, I'm telling them, I'm telling them the same thing I'm telling you guys, you know, that it's going to be shanty towns. 
uh, that it's going to be like little little village, little slum villages along the border. Like, yeah, they're going to the, because the border is being built for sure already. It doesn't really matter how we feel. They're they're going to do it anyway. But they're going to be because there's going to be still people trying to come in, even if they have uh, migration as a right, courtesy of the the UN Migration Pact. There's still going to be that that layover period, and so you're going to have these shanty towns, these slum villages, and these slum cities off the border uh, that have their own economy, that have their own society, that have their own structure and everything. And that's that's what I find crazy. So yeah, people are still going to get in here, but what's what will society look like once they're here? You know. So that's what I mean by multi-generational. Yeah, they'll, 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 they're, they're putting troops on the border for sure. They're trying to create this perception uh, that that they'll stop it, but the immigration will still continue. And then I've, I'm, I'm saying this too. How long is it until they start coming in from Canada? You see, the only reason we're, we're, we're paying attention to the southern border is, is because it's out of control. Uh, but so to to bring it down... I guess what I'm really trying to say in a roundabout way is the creation of the North American Union. Uh, and I know people don't want to think about that, but that's where we're going. When you have uh, radical Antifa, people, like, multi-generational people who, multi-generational communists who don't like the idea of America at all, they want to bring it down. That's why you have the entire Democratic Party in its current, in its current mutation trying to take down America. They're, they're, they're speaking to their next constituency. This is why they're trying to import people from the third world. You see, and, I, and I've talked about this before. I, I think it was it was either Roosevelt or Eisenhower that said, "I'm going to have those N words voting, uh, voting, voting Democrat for 500 years." What's happening now is Americans are waking up from the trap that we've been put in. You know, and I got to say this too because I was talking about this before, and I'll and I'll, I'll, I'll tie all this in. America has such a convoluted. Uh, perception when it comes to immigration. We brought in the Nazis post-World War II and they created so much stuff around here. But again, just to leave that little tidbit there, the migrants that are going to come in are going to radically change what we think of as society. That's why I tell you within the first, for the next four to seven years, uh, these, are going, these are going to be considered the peace times. Your children and your grandchildren will not have the childhood you had or that you want them to have. They will have a childhood Half of what you want and half of what is Mexican, half of what is Canadian, half of what is Sudanese, half of what is African. You see, the idea is to is to import the the uh, import old other cultures. This is the multicultural agenda. This is multiculturalism. This is the clash of civilizations. The culture war. Right. That was simply uh, regional for here in America. Now we're talking about multi multiculturalism. I asked some of the uh, I asked some of the people I talked to, you know, do you think. The Bloods and the Crips can fight ISIS. Do you think the Latin kings, will they be absorbed into La Raza? You see, we have got to really start talking about what society is going to look like here in the future. Because already, people don't want the idea of there being America. We're being conquered. Gradually and for sure, we are being invaded. And whether or not people take the time to look at it and, and, and conceptualize what that looks like for the future, it's not up for debate. Now, this next, this next clip I'm going to play for you guys is of California becoming the first state to legalize health care for illegal immigrants. One of the people I've been talking to a lot this week uh, routinely takes trips to California, and he's telling me, EJ, you know, it's bad. It's, get, it's getting bad. You know, I'll, I'll be in certain areas, man, and there will be homeless people there, you know, waking up, brushing their teeth, peeing. 
you know, I'm just trying to go get me a, a cup of coffee. This guy's over here shooting up in the alleyway. You know, there's feces and needles everywhere. I'm like, that's how diseases are born. You need to be careful out there, my friend. So I can understand why they would want to provide uh, health care to the illegals, but that uh, that's just crazy. I digress. Let me play for you guys this clip, and then we'll get into more on the other side. Controversial health care bill has been signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom. California is now the first state to offer taxpayer-funded benefits to adults living here illegally. CBS 2's Tom Wade is here, has details. Tom. Yeah, big developments tonight. Uh, according to this new legislation, undocumented immigrants will be offered taxpayer-funded health benefits. Governor Gavin Newsom signed the bill into law today. It makes low-income adults age 25 and younger eligible for the state's Medicaid program, regardless of their immigration status. State officials expect the plan to cover about 90,000 people and cost taxpayers $98 million. California already covers children ages 18 and younger, regardless of immigration status. We're providing health care for everyone, regardless of immigration status. If you believe in universal health care, you believe in universal health care. Democratic legislative leaders say they plan to further expand coverage to more adults in the years to come. Republican President Donald Trump has called the move crazy. Susie, back to you. All right. Yeah, I, I would call that crazy, too. Uh, maybe because I don't understand it. Um, and because I'm, again, wondering, where's the health care for homeless people? Uh, but this is this is the modern-day situation. Now, if you ask me, I think this is, this is of that vein of the Cloward and Piven strategy to where they are trying to overwhelm the system. Already in California, in Stockton, California specifically, they're trying to give people uh, the universal basic income treatment where it's a 1000 bucks a month, guaranteed what they say is no strings attached. Uh, they're saying that this is going to cost California, the taxpayers, $98 million, 90,000 people will be covered. That's 90,000 people f 25 years and younger. So if they're releasing 1,400 a day, like I, I guess these these numbers don't add up. It's just gonna it's it's going to end in chaos. It's going to end in something crazy. But I guess I have to ask the question of why are they rushing here into the country? Is it because they can get that free health care? Is it because they can get that free education, that free everything? Again, let's let's talk about that. Why would these people leave such such situations to come here if it's if it's so bad, you see? Why are these people rushing into these concentration camps? Why is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez intentionally radicalizing people? You see, it's because she doesn't want people to be based in facts. She doesn't want them to understand things. She wants people who can just parrot off certain talking points. And that's exactly what happened with the domestic terrorist guy out there in Washington. He spouted off the concentration camp lie. He, he spouted it off because he heard it from somebody else. You see, and that's what I mean by radicalization with no accountability. And that, that, that to me is just wild. You know, another, another one who's, who's guilty of this is Hillary Clinton. Really? She, she really is. With all, like, here, check this out. I thought this was kind of crazy too. And you know, <laughs> I just feel like I have to say this because it, it sometimes seems like 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 I don't care about what's happening to the illegals, right? Or at least to 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 these people, 
right here, Hillary Clinton has posted uh, instructions in Spanish on how to help illegals during ICE raids. I told you guys that, you know, Donald Trump's going to be conducting and is still conducting his deportation raids. And I tell you that that just makes me worry, you know, about people being families being separated, uh, officers being shot, family members being shot. Yeah, I just I, I just worry about what that's going to cause. But I feel like what she's doing is she's intentionally aware of the injustices that are injustices and the lawlessness that's taking place and she's aiding it. And so it's just there's so many levels to this. It's like if you say one thing, people are immediately going to jump to the opposite of 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 what you're intending to. It's like clearly I want these people and these families to stay together. I want them to have a life. I want them to live into a better world, into all this different type of stuff. But you're you're politicizing the idea of freedom, and so this is it's just becoming something so crazy. It 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 really is. Um, you know, you got Joe Biden saying I respect no borders. You have those. You have Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, all of them hopping up together, the squat coming together to 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 bash Trump, to bash America, to bash all this stuff. And I guess I'm just telling you because as as as, as a free thinker and somebody trying to critically analyze all of this type of stuff, they are putting up so many different hurdles and roadblocks that you are you're 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 having to jump through so many uh, gymnastical hoops to say things that it it. it it, it it's it, it's frustrating. It, it's the simplest thing to say. It, it it becomes frustrating for you to try to get a single point across that you're dealing with known liars who are who are smiling at you as they are lying, intentionally doing. Think they they have mastered the the double think. Is the simplest thing to say. They they they've mastered it. So here, let me read this article real quick, and then I'll start closing out this segment. Uh, we put this up July twelfth. It's by your Newswire. Uh, they said Hillary Clinton posts instructions in Spanish to help illegals during ICE raids. It says uh, Hillary Clinton has tipped off illegal immigrants on how to legally deal with impending deportation raids by ICE agents. The former Secretary of State took, on, took to Twitter on Thursday urging people to share Spanish language guidelines on how to conduct themselves during the raids. Uh, por favor, comparte. Please share. Hillary posted, attaching the Spanish instructions to her tweet. TheGatewayPundit.com reports the instructions including, include telling illegals not to answer the door if ICE comes knocking on their door, letting them know that if they have the right to remain silent and to not sign anything without talking to a lawyer. Hillary also instructed illegal aliens to take pictures and video of the ICE agents, take their badge numbers, and take note of what, of what type of car they drive. The English version of what Hillary posted says this, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi actually told illegal aliens they don't need to answer the door if ICE comes knocking because if door, if because a deportation warrant is not the same as a search warrant. If that is not if that is the only document ICE brings to a home raid, agents do not have a legal right to enter a home. If ICE agents do not have a warrant signed by a judge, a person may refuse to open the door. Pelosi said on Thursday, Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez fired off a tweet. Thursday, giving illegal aliens legal advice on how to evade ICE agents. How is this not obstruction of, just, uh, obstruction of justice? Are we a nation or not? I think that's what a lot of people are wondering. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to play for you guys a little bit of the clip from the uh, press conference that the squad held. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, and Elhan Elmar. I'm going to play you guys a little bit of that clip uh, just to show you how they're ganging up. You know, you're you're seeing a unification of so many powers that it, it's become so apparent. 
you know, I heard somebody say that Donald Trump represents the image of a country club American, and I think that's probably the best way to describe it. A lot of these other people represent the image of, of what's being put forth. Uh, we're now finding out that Representative Ilhan Omar has uh, ties to ISIS, Al-Qaeda, uh, and, and domestic terrorist groups. You know, we already know that Nancy Pelosi has ties to MS-13 um, and the drug cartels. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to give her a matter of time until we find out something with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib. But what I'm trying to say by encapsulating all this is this is how you conquer a nation. Not only do you get them to accept foreign ideas, this is why it says that we're supposed to protect the country through, uh, from enemies, both foreign and domestic. But you also take a country over by, by, you take it over from the inside. That's what's happening right now. We're being taken over from the inside. We've been invaded. I'm not talking about New Mexico jihadis out there, or I'm not talking about jihadis out here in New Mexico or out there in Alabama. No, or out there in Minnesota. I'm talking about how our ideas are being usurped and our country is being taken from us. And we are being politically, uh, politically corrected into a position that we can't back out of. You see, we're being governed uh, by people, by weak-willed people using their emotions to, to move forward. Uh, but right here, I'm going to play for you guys this, this clip uh, for our audio listeners. I'll, I'll uh, give you the, the article title. Progressive Democrats slam White House occupant Trump and demand impeachment in a heated news conference. This is by Alicia Luke from Freedom Outpost. They put this up July 15th. And before I play this clip for you guys, there's a number of things there. They call him, they call Donald Trump the occupant. They don't even call him the president uh, of the White House. And I get that. That's, that's, they're, they're, they're being disrespectful. But I guess at the end of the day, all these people talking all this smack, are they going to run anything? Are they going to do anything? Have they produced anything? There are some prophecies, some uh, Christian biblical prophecies. Some people have been able to come up with some some pretty interesting revelations, saying that Donald Trump will be the last American president. And I've and I've always been kept that in the back of my head, like how is that going to happen? You know, like America, there's going to be no more America after Donald Trump. And I've always kept that in the back of my mind. But the more we get closer to all this type of stuff, you know, them saying they're going to kill him before a reelection. You got all the you got the these these twenty Democrats. Uh, Eric Swalwell's dropping out. Joe Biden's going to drop out here in a few. You got these twenty Democrats all fighting for power, uh, like prom queens, and they're not going to—they're not going to rule anything. And so I guess I'm looking at our country in a time frame to where it almost seems rudderless, and to where all we're doing is bickering and babbling back and forth, hoping that we can find a solution in the hate. But I digress. Uh, here is the gang of four—the as they are now called, the four women of the apocalypse, the squad talking about Donald Trump and more. More perfect union and to fight on their behalf. Now, when people say, if you say a negative thing about the policies in this country, you hate this country. To me, it sort of speaks to the hypocrisy. And Alex and I were talking about this. When this president ran and until today, he talked about everything that was wrong in this country and how he was going to make it great. And so for him to condemn us and to say we are un-American for wanting to work hard to make this country be the country we all deserve to live in, it's 
complete hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't think it would have changed anything because, first of all, he made statements that were blatantly untrue. So whether he was citing comments or not citing comments, if he didn't have what he wanted to say, he would make it up. This president operates in complete bad faith. He does not operate in... in more perfect union and to fight on their behalf now when people say if oh god yeah no i would definitely recommend you guys go check it out it's like a 20 minute press conference you know they bash trump the whole time so if you're down for that you can watch that uh but if you want to hear them actually say anything of substance you know go ahead and, and try to look for it you know what what i'm looking for what i'm seeing these days is just we're, we're not actually having real discussions about anything it's 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 becoming identity politics you see uh, we're, we're, we're really like the Democrats are already doing it. They're already eating their own. You know, that's why Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is getting mad at, 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 at Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders is just having to appease everybody. You see them already eating their own. But we're, we're really hitting that point to where we're, 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 we're becoming uh, rudderless. So if you want to try to talk about how to conquer a nation, all you have to do is get us to destroy ourselves. You see, people always worry about in the social media conscious community about agents and trolls and stuff like that coming in there to mess up stuff you don't have to worry about that because we're so paranoid we will do all the work for them and that's what's happening right now when you have an entire generation of, of set a, a, a second generation that has been spoiled beyond belief that is literally crapping on the very place and foundation that is given in everything well, again you tell me where this is going to lead I, I, I'm having to tongue-in-cheek joke about the days we're in that men don't want to be men Women don't want to be women. Nobody wants to work. And how this is the collapse of society. Oh, but orange man, bad. You know, all these other people over here, good. You see, what's happening right now, and I, and I talked about this earlier this week, this is the controlled collapse of a society. You see, we can't live in this bubble, this debt economy, this credit-based debt economy that we're living in. We can't live in this forever. We're, 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 we're undergoing a gradual degradation of society. It's all planned. It's a controlled collapse. That's why they want to get you used to being poor, get you used to being to having uh, poverty, get you used to not wanting to be rich. And this all plays a part in what we're going to be talking about in this next segment, too. Gosh, this episode went on for a lot. We're going to be talking about this a lot more in the next segment, too. Going forward, green. Uh, what happens when everybody has been lowered down to this third world status? What happens when there is no first worlds? You see, going forward, green, after you conquer all these nations, you see... It's just that this is this this will be the creation of that one world government that one world religion but i digress this is the conquering of a nation and like i said gang we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side ladies and gentlemen don't go anywhere this is freedom faction on factions of freedom and we'll be right back right after this
Sound effects, cool sounds. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I hope you guys have downloaded the show notes because I'm trying to do my best, uh, not only in mixing up the content, uh, but how we deliver stuff, how we put it together, and just everything, man. Like, wow, it's it's called improving. <laughs> it's called growth. You know, it's what it's what it's what we do. Uh, I hope you guys are ready for fellowship and freedom this Sunday. We're going to be doing it every Sunday from here on out. And I'm going to be coming up with cool little shows to keep people entertained along the way. Um, we have so many different things going on, and I'm having to, I'm, there's, there's so much happening 
that I'm having to dedicate certain shows for certain things. I'm coming up with shows in advance. I'm scheduling guests. Like, it's crazy. Boom. And it's all thanks to you guys' support, uh, your continued effort, and just everything that's going on. You know, I'm, I'm learning that there is a need not only for this type of information, but this type of perspective uh, that comes from continually digesting this information as well. When I tell you guys that people don't care and that they don't know how to care, that 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 is the closest to the truth I can be. Uh, when I tell you that they are messing with your memory, that they don't want you to know things, that they don't want you to care, that I'm, I'm trying to be as brutally honest as possible uh, and compassionate when telling these things. When you have, like, there, I'm, 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 I'm hoping you're getting the understanding of how there are not a lot of people out here willing to do this type of work because it does get overwhelming, it does get stressful, and you're looking at, you, you, you're looking at it. You're looking at the abyss, so don't be surprised if the abyss looks back at you and you develop other things that other people don't. Uh, so with that being said, thank you for tuning into this segment. Going forward, green. We're going to be talking about uh, what I would consider green capitalism. And, I, and, I, and I've been talking about this for a number of season, prop, seasons, uh, possibly the past two or three, about how they're trying to sell you free energy. You know, how they're trying to sell you uh, uh, solar, solar energy, thermal energy, hydroelectric energy. They're, they're trying to sell you what is already abundant and what is already here. You know, uh, Elon Musk is basically commercializing and repurposing Nikola Tesla's research. You know, in the, in, the, in the last segment, you know, I talked with you guys about how they're going to conquer a nation. We don't even know who they are. We just know that we're being conquered. Well, I'll tell you who's conquering us. It's the United Nations. They are quarterbacking all of this. You know, I was watching... <laughs> I was watching clips from Donald Trump's rally out there in South or out there in North Carolina. I was trying to see how he was whipping people up, you know, and he made a very interesting comment about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal. He said, that's a crazy deal. I wonder where that came from. And I'm glad he said that. And I'm saying it like this for a reason. Where did that come from? Where did the Green New Deal come from? I want to. Uh, this comes back to my research um, about the communist uh, revolution that's taking place here in the country. I play for you guys a clip, which you can also find on our Instagram TV. Um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's roots and <laughs> her roots and just so so much stuff. Um, she's a basically she's created. You know, I'll put that, if you guys haven't caught that on too, she's created by like Hollywood. They use like an AI algorithm to pick her out of nowhere. I don't know if you guys have caught on to that, uh, but let me see if I can pull that up for you as well in our Instagram story while that article is loading. Uh, but basically what it is, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a, is a created politician. Uh, and while people inherently already understand these types of things, uh, it's good to reiterate it. So if you guys go to our our page, and then you go to our Instagram TV right there. You will see the second video is globalists have created Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's like a five minute long video. Uh, I'll put that link in the description bar below. It's got 43,000 views as we speak. Uh, but in that actual video, it, it, it features this individual, Saikat Chakrabarti. And Saikat... <laughs> oh, man. This guy, is, he's very interesting for one, uh, but I guess what I'm really trying to say is he, he, he recently did an interview 
And in that interview, he talked about how the creation of the Green New Deal wasn't necessarily about uh, it, it wasn't necessarily about climate change. It was a kind of how do you change the entire economy type of thing. You see, that's that's because it comes from the communist revolution. It comes from the communist manifesto. It's the idea of radically changing the entire way society is conducted. Let me. I, I, I want to get this article up for you guys so we can um, so we can read this get it on get it on the air uh, but we're talking about the socioeconomic reformation we're talking about how the green new deal has been created so that it can have total unilateral control over every facet of your life every facet of the environment and every facet of the system we've talked we've we've talked about it time and time again uh, how even in California, they're, 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 they're monitoring how much electricity you're using. They're monitoring how much water you're consuming uh, and all these types of things. I've, I've even talked to you about how in the future, we're going to have hardcore, ha hardcore eco-fascists, radical eco-fascists that tell you, you don't care about the earth, that are going to condemn you for how much meat you consume. Look at the radical vegans today saying that you don't care about the environment, you don't care about anything, you're, you're, you're a dirty meat eater. You know, they, they, they try to guilt, guilt trip you into genuinely feeling, feeling bad about your lifestyle choices. You see, this is, this is where we're going. So what you have to understand is that these people are, are, are using, they're using a false pretense to control everything that you see going on. Uh, I'm going to get into this article from the Houston Chronicle, which is uh, reposted by David Montgomery over there at the Washington Post. And it talks about how Saikat Chakrabarti became AOC's brain. And basically what they're talking about is how the Green New Deal is meant to just radically shift everything. So they have an entire generation of kids, an entire generation of people, and generations before that focused on the environment, focused on climate change, focused on global warming, and all focused on the environment. And so they're going to use this as, as, as the linchpin to push and radically shift everything. This is, again, what I mean by the socioeconomic reformation, the, radical, the, the fourth industrial revolution, the post-industrial society. And I'm only going to read a little bit of this, and I'll put the rest of it in a link in the description bar below. Uh, but right here, how Saikat Chakrabarti became AOC's chief of, chief of change uh, by Doug Begley, staff writer. And I'm only going to read a little bit of it so we can get into other stuff. But on a Wednesday morning in late May, a series of two of the two of the strongest political voices on climate change convened at a coffee shop a few blocks from the U.S. Capitol. Saikat Chakrabarti, chief of staff to Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat from New York, was there to meet Sam Ricketts, climate director of Washington Governor Jay Inslee, Democrat, who is running for president almost exclusively on a platform combating climate change. A newly released plank of Inslee's climate change agenda had caught the attention of Chakrabarti and his boss who had tweeted that Inslee's quote climate plan is the most serious plus comprehensive one to address our crisis our crisis in the 2020 field. Pleased by the positive reception from demanding Green New Deal wing of the climate struggle, Ricketts had set up this meeting with Chakrabarti to establish a personal connection and share approaches to climate advocacy. Quote, congrats on the rollout, Chakrabarti told him as they sat down. That was pretty great. Quote, thank you again for the kudos for the kudos you guys offered, said Ricketts. We wanted to see a pace setting for the field, and I think we're there now. I want to ask you for your input. 
in addition to hearing what you guys are working on. Chakrabarty had expected had an unexpected disclosure. Quote, the interesting thing about the Green New Deal, he said, quote, is that it wasn't originally a climate change thing at all. Ricketts greeted this startling notion with an attentive poker face. He's like, do you guys think of it as a climate thing? Chakrabarty continued, because we really think of it as a how do you change the entire economy type of thing. I'm going to leave that right there. Never mind, I'm going to read a little bit more. Yeah, Ricketts said. Then he said, quote, no. Then he said, I think it's, it's, it's dual. It is both rising to the challenge that is existential around climate and, it's, and it is building an economy that contains more prosperity, more sustainability in that prosperity, and more broadly shared prosperity, equitability, and justice throughout. So I'll put that link in the description bar below. But basically what we're beginning to talk about is just that, creating a global government, creating a global citizen, creating a global community that is based around shared prosperity, sustainable development, communism, globalism, control, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine, the collective consciousness. Here, let me let me play for you guys this clip of uh, this idea that is taking place and that will take place across the country. It's this idea of where everybody lives together, to where there's no such thing as privacy, to where we're all in this one big, happy community. Podshare is affordable shared housing that we build across Los Angeles and here in San Francisco is our first site. The idea, it's membership-based housing. So if you book a pod, you can stay across the whole network of locations. I was born in the USSR in 1985. My whole concept was like the idea of the government giving you everything in a communist state. What if you could subscribe to a housing membership and have all your needs met? In the fridge, there should just be like cereal, ramen, you know, collegiate foods, and there should be always be toothpaste and toilet paper and just these basic things that you just need to live, like they should just be handled for you. And that's kind of the concept of Podshare. You just share pods across a network with people that become your friends. <laughs> This location has two bathrooms, and this one's currently being used. <laughs> so I won't show you the bathroom, but I will show you the pods. In each pod, you can see here, there's obviously a mattress, pillows, linens, your essentials. This is my pod right here. As most people know, like housing in San Francisco is chaos. I founded a company called Flipmass. We do Instagram influencer advertising. Our business does pretty well. I actually pay myself really conservatively. I earn about $3,000 per month. I tried living in San Francisco on that budget. I was able to do it, but it was really, really hard. Podshare model is really for myself, which is solo, single, no children, no pets. You know, like I'm really just building something I want to live in. As a software engineer, I can definitely afford this place. I can have savings as well. And at the same time, I am getting all the value that the city holds. When people think of co-living, they might get like taken back a little uh, in the sense that it might be not as much privacy in comparison to if they own a home, but I'm just a bachelor, I'm a newly grad. Those things really don't matter at the moment. So the hardest thing about living in a place like this is that you give up your privacy. That's something that you do have to get used to once you start. By the way, come on through. Oh yeah, yeah, go through. Last time. <laughs> not a problem. 
but then you find ways to reclaim your privacy. Fortunately, in this location, it's four floors and there are plenty of places to hang out. There are certain things you have to give up when you want to live in the center and, and pay no security deposit, and that's privacy here. I think what people get wrong about Podshare is that the pod is all they have and that they don't have access to like amenities. I've actually had people mock me for this type of living arrangement. I think many people might think that it, I don't know, is it dystopian to like group a bunch of people into one living space? But I think it's one of those don't knock it till you try it type of things. I think if prices become more affordable, Podshare will die and that's okay. Because I think it's here to solve a problem. And um, if the rents ever became normalized, then then I don't know if a pot share would be necessary because everyone would just get their own private place. And that's okay. Crazy. So um, we are going to play for you guys next a clip last week that we played talking about France's eco-tax. And the reason I want to play that on the heels of talking about pot share and what that, what that does for climate change and, uh, and all that, I hope I'm painting for you a future of what's going on. Uh, sustainable development, uh, you know, eco-tax, the environment, uh, carbon carbon taxes, greenhouse gas emissions, your footprint, all this stuff is going to become very, very important. You see, this is what I mean by going forward green, because once they collapse countries, once they collapse nations, and once they collapse everything, what, what people will have after all of that is literally the clothes on their back and whatever is still up there. That's why they want to turn us into permanent uh, renters. That's why they've created this app, Turo, where you can rent people's cars. Um, I wanted to do a breakdown of this so I could discuss it more effectively in the future uh, for you guys. But there's a movie out there on Amazon Prime, classic little 90s movie, uh, called Tempting Fate. And, you know, these guys, they... <laughs> if people watched ER, that show ER, uh, all the, a lot of the actors from there are in it. Uh, but these guys, they travel into an alternate forward slash parallel universe, a mirror universe, as we discussed last, uh, last week. And in this mirror universe, it was just a fast forward of our current universe. Everybody shared cars, right? You just got on, got in the car, pushed a button, and it automatically went someplace. I say that to explain that that's what they paint for the future. Uh, with Uber, ride shares, pod shares, pod life, all this stuff. Turn us into permanent renters so they can give us free money so we can use this system. You see. Uh, but right here, let me play for you guys uh, the video of where... They're, where, where uh, this news reporter is talking about France's eco-tax and how certain activities that are taking place today will create a tax. But let's take a listen. Now, France has a new eco-tax that's going to be added to airfares from next year. And unsurprisingly, it's been getting a lot of you talking on social media. Uh, let's head over uh, to Alex to find out how much uh, French people are going to end up paying on their flights. Well, Bell, where does this come from? This eco-tax comes from the second meeting of what uh, is being called the uh, Eco-Council, the Eco-Defence Council of France. There's Emmanuel Macron, the president there, chairing it. A proposal that's grabbed all the attention in the headlines is this idea of an eco-tax. Where will it be applied? On plane tickets. So how exactly is this going to work? These changes proposed from 2020. Well, the charges, uh, they are going to be applied to flights leaving France. These are flights departing from France. Within the Euro, um, the EU area, that will be an additional charge of 1.5 euros to your plane ticket if you're flying from France uh, on an economy ticket. If, however, you're going for business or fancied a bit more of an expensive seat, that tax would rise to 9 
euros. There's a charge added on top of your fare if you're leaving from France. What if you want to go further away? You don't want to do short haul, you're going long haul. Well, have a look at this. If you're flying elsewhere in the world, the charges would rise on economy to three euros, but up to 18 euros if you were flying a business class. Now, this obviously getting a lot of people talking. It's fair to say some people, some climate activists saying not enough. The charges should be more. But what is interesting, we've just had a very uh, a reaction from Air France just a couple of uh, moments ago. They're saying it'll penalise the company and airfares more generally at a time when particularly French airlines might be looking to shore themselves up to protect themselves in the future. And indeed, on that note, you've got aviation journalists like Xavier here saying, has any real analysis been done into this? Has there been a strategic plan or is this an eye-grabbing tax? Despite that, though, there are other people like Andrew saying it needs to be hiked. It should be more expensive. This effectively is too cheap. Now, where does social media come into all this? Well, let's not forget, it was on social media, the climate marches, the climate movement across Europe was coordinated. Aviation and potential charges to be added to it are really big talking points. So France now making a big move. It's been met with, um, I suppose you could say, with uh, criticism from Air France and other aviation consultants, but some Climate activists, too, saying France hasn't gone far enough. The changes proposed to come into effect from 2020, they say, will raise over 180 million euros for the French uh, tax man. Thank you, uh, Air France. Oh, Air France. Uh, so there you go. Taxing human activities so that they can protect the environment. And climate activists saying that there is not enough taxes being done, uh, that more taxes need to be erected that more activities need to be regulated. Uh, the whole climate change agenda is just the same as the transhuman agenda to condemn humanity and say that through science and through taxes and politics that we can make you better. Now, the next clip I'm going to play for you guys is of uh, the Army admitting, the Army Corp admitting to dumping toxic waters into Florida without telling the public. And we're talking about this because... You have to understand the problem reaction solution of the people that are in control. They have to, and as I've said before, and I will continue to say, they have to intentionally cause a problem so that they can come through and offer solutions. Uh, and this, to me, is just mind-blowing. Like, what was the Dakota Access Pipeline about? You know, why are people still fighting for clean water in Flint? You got the Army over here just dumping toxic water in the, in the, in the, in the, in the public drinking water, thinking that that's okay. And, and so people wonder why there's autism rates increasing why there's mental uh mental deficiencies increasing why there's brain disorders why there's health issues oh but don't worry we can't seem to find the cause from the great state of florida for five minutes thank you chairwoman uh general spellman nine of the last 11 years in the name of flood control uh water has been discharged out of lake okeechobee to florida's east and west coast this isn't new news to anybody. My question is simple, pointed, but important. Has the Army Corps of Engineers transferred toxic water, toxic water, from Lake Okeechobee to the east through the C-44 Reservoir into the St. Lucie Estuary and the Indian River Lagoon and to the west through the Caloosahatchee River? Uh, yes, sir. We have, uh, we have uh, conveyed water uh, out the system that has contained cyanobacteria and harmful algae blooms. Yes, sir. And the Corps yes, considers that toxic? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, Thank sir. You. I appreciate that acknowledgement. It's important so that we can move forward as we try to accurately weigh the risks and, and assess what's going on as we try to manage both
flood control uh, for those to the south of the Herbert Hoover Dyke and human health and human safety impacts to those to the east and west uh, of Florida's Lake Okeechobee. Uh, as we're going summer after summer trying to work through these long-term infrastructure projects that that you have been working on and your predecessors have been working on so I appreciate that acknowledgement yeah me too I'm pretty sure that the, the people in Florida that heard this or at least watched this I'm, I'm pretty sure they appreciate that as well that's why we need to get some uh, better quality water filters for our store to to promote these types of things uh, it's becoming increasingly apparent that not only is our environment underneath the salt by deliberate means but the 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 secondary effects of all the bioaccumulation of chemicals in our body will have detrimental long-term effects this is eugenics this is epigenetics it's population control and our environment like again nobody asks, nobody ever asks why the environment is becoming so toxic why people are developing these types of uh, diseases why you know like california why some of these these diseases from like the 1800s are surfacing they don't ever talk about why the environment's becoming more and more toxic they just want you to get your vaccines you see we don't ever have discussions about what's in the water what's in the air what's in the ground no you just need to take your drugs take your pills and take things like this as well i just want to get this on record uh just so we can talk about it right here at least two percent of the u.s public water systems are just like Flint's, are just like flints americans just don't hear about them. You can find this article over there at the Natural Blaze. Uh, they put this up July 10th, and it talks about how the the, the Flint water crisis that everybody is so aware of, 2% of the entire American infrastructure is just the same. They are being exposed to lead. So we're not talking about atrazine, chemical, chemicals that do gender bending. We're talking about lead that, that, creates, uh, that creates lesions on the skin, it creates mental de uh, deficiencies, like cognitive impairment, you name it. And this is, this, is, this is why we have to have these deep conversations about how far this really does go, what's happening to our environment, and why we have to take care of our health, take care of our bodies, take care of our mind, and how we are underneath unilateral assault. Going forward green means ripping the Band-Aid off of these scars and taking the time to heal our bodies. You see, they are destroying the environment. And, what, and, and to just give a little tip to what we were talking about in the previous segment, they're going to use this, the restoration of society and the environment, as the next push. It is illegal. It is, it is immigration and climate change. These are the huge proponents of the New World Order agenda that we are seeing unfold before us today. As I mentioned towards the end of 2018, that with the... With, uh, with the passing of the United Nations Migration Pact, it allows for people to literally travel to different parts of the country or different parts of the world and not be chastised. And they are moving to different parts of the, of the world because of the climate change that is taking place. At the end of 2018 as well, I told you that Bill Gates is teaming up with Harvard to spray carbon dioxide to reverse, to block the sun's atmosphere, to block the sun's rays. So we have admission that they are engaging in climate change and that it is having detrimental effects upon the planet, which have these types of issues, which create these types of things. Going forward green is how do we all start dealing with this environment that becomes uh, hazardous? You know, this is why you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez meeting with Greta Thunberg talking about how, how can we save your future? You see, this is a, it's a whole death cult. It really is. It's, it's anti-human. It's pro-Earth. It's, pro it's Gaia worship. You know, it's it's worshiping the creation, not the creator. You see, 
Like there's, there's, there's so many things to look at. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We are switching to a whole different paradigm. Uh, but I'm going to play for you guys another clip of a school that is, that is taking care of the environment. It's opening up in New Zealand in 2020. And this is where it's going here in the future. We're always, we're always sharing those cute memes of, uh, of, 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 of kids gardening uh, and saying, should should this be taught in schools? Well, guess what? Out there in New Zealand, they're actually doing it. Uh, so here, let's take a listen and get this clip up for you guys. This is New Zealand starting their own environmentally safe and environmentally conscious sharing school. This is Green School. A place where we make solutions happen. Where teachers and students like me and parents like, like us and members of the community. And especially me. We come together to make a difference in the world every day. By living sustainably. We learn how to solve problems. We turn used cooking oil into fuel. We grow our own food. We experiment. We innovate. We're building a model for the future. Join us stand together and support you to become more green we are entrepreneurs because we want to make the world a better place to be a model for the future now through education we engage with the local community we invite people from all around the world to connect with us and join forces we can make a difference education is our ally the future of our planet is now we are the future We are the problem. But we are also the solution. Yeah, clean up after yourselves. So, so due to time, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play the full video clip for you guys. Uh, I just wanted to get it out there so you guys could see it. If you're interested about more, definitely go take the time. Uh, you can find it over there at Truth Theory. They put this up. Uh, when did they put this up? They put this up July 12th. It's a. It's called. And the article title is a school based on sharing and caring for the environment to open in New Zealand in 2020. Uh, you guys can find that over there at Truth Theory. If anything, I'll put that link in the description bar below, so you can. Uh, so you can so you can go look at it. Basically, that's it. That's the that's the future. You know where everybody's living together. Uh, where it, it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, this is the future. This this truly is the future. You know, I wanted to play for you guys a a clip of this Dutch company revealing a, an electric car that charges itself with sunlight. But you can also find that on the page. Uh, and to to close stuff out by saying this. You know, we have this whole area, Storm Area 51 thing that's supposed to happen right now. The the whole phenomenon that's happening with the normalization of UFOs and so much more. I'll have to talk about that in a, in a, in a subsequent transmission. But really think about this. Clean up after yourself. You know, we're, 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 we're literally talking about the ending of an entire age. Uh, you know, down with the patriarchy is what the, con- the, 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 the communists say. I'm telling you, we're, we're moving to a completely different age. 
where we are focused on the earth and we're also focused on what we think of as space and the interdimensional aspect to all these different types of things. People want to storm Area 51, they're going to see E.T. locked up in a cage or they're going to see like the alien versus predator, uh, you know, locked up in the cage. It's, 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 it's hilarious to me. It really is uh, to see this kind of involvement happen. You know, I kind of, I, I, how do you, how do you casually look at the fact that people aren't really going to do these things? These people aren't going to storm Area 51. They're trying to say that the Bermuda Triangle is going to be stormed right after them. They're not going to do these things. The same way that these people are downloading face apps to make themselves look 20, plus, 20 to 70 years older, this is, this is it. This is what's happened. We've, we've given up the fight for truth. We've given up the fight for freedom. We've given up the fight for, for, for privacy. Now, like with Elon Musk talking about AI, we're just negotiating uh, what our surrender looks like. You see, what, what it looks like whenever we've reached a, a, a form of peak humanity. Hearing those children and those people talk about this, uh, this new future that they're creating, how they're essentially creating like a renewable society. I just got this image of like a futuristic, high-tech, uh, tribalistic style society. Like a, 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 a civilization that like lives in the jungle, but has like airplanes and, 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 and leaves that are solar panels, um, you know, and, and, and to me, I feel like that's the kind of conversations we need to be having because we need the future's looking pretty bleak as is. We already have enough post apocalyptic. The world is ending. We already have enough of that. We need to start having discussions about what that futuristic, hopeful future looks like for everybody involved. You see, because things are already crazy. We need to start talking about how we're going to get through this and what this all looks like. And I know I barely scratched the surface with a lot of these different types of things. But again, it's to try to give you guys that comprehensive understanding of where I'm coming from and where a lot of other people who are actively involved in this are coming from. As I keep trying to reiterate to you guys, to you ladies and gentlemen, there is a completely different age upon us and it is going to require a completely different version of ourselves. We have to develop new skills, new abilities, new systems, and new modalities as we move forward into this crazy and chaotic future. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you. This is Augmenting Reality, Conquering a Nation, and Going Forward Green. That's right. You know, I just wanted to think about something real quick. Just just, just let you guys know where my head's at. One of the revelations I had this week is that, you know, black sheeps of the family, they're going to start leading here in a few. Days are so chaotic and crazy that we need a whole new perspective brought to the table. And that's what black sheeps are going to be doing. The people that were ostracized, the ones that were out there, yeah, they're the ones that are going to be taking over. I'm always talking about the rolling out of the new guard, not in relation to the communist revolution, but in relation to the people who are taking over things now. It's our time to assume the role and to assume the mantle. It's crazy to think about, but that's how dire these days are. You know, I didn't talk about Jeffrey Epstein. I'll deal with him next week, as well as the Civil War ready mentality. You know, what's going on with that and so much more. I, I just wanted to close out with, with letting people know that danger exposes people. You know, in the times that we're in, we have to understand that it's imperative that we become more human, that we have to discover our true selves, uh, because we're dealing with 
mass microchipping, social engineering, mind control, groupthink, essentially the, the collective consciousness. The Borg are coming. They're telling you that the that, that resistance is futile because look at how look at how many people were consumed by all this 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 Russian collusion nonsense. Look at the the foot soldiers that are out there on the streets carrying out nonsense that they don't understand, destroying their lives. This isn't a closing statement. This is just an observation of all the crazy things we see going on. We have to be cautious moving forward, but at the same time be ready for what's coming. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you. I know I went over a lot, but if you want to know more, take the time to download the show notes. I, I really do do my due diligence and make sure it's comprehensive. If you want to support this operation, you want to see it succeed, think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member. Other than that, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.